Take a look at that cover of the bulletin, uh, and I can see you on Zoom whether you do it or not. There's, there's a beautiful temples with some beautiful stones. The key thing is, that does not exist. That was not even in the mind of a human. That was made by a computer. I, I told a computer to write, uh, paint me a beautiful temple, and that's what it did. So this is a, an imaginary temple that's beautiful. That's on the front of our couple, a cover that never existed. What is our beautiful temple? What one would we point out to Jesus or Jesus would see us honoring uh, and say, look at the beautiful things by the special gifts uh, dedicated to God. What is your beautiful temple? We have the computers one. What would yours be? Would it be your home? Could it be your home? Do you have a, a wonderful home, uh, perhaps passed down to the family? Would it be family and grandchildren? Would it be your marriage? Would it be um, those that you love, some that are here and some that have gone on? What would be your beautiful temple, your place of honor and respect and safety and admiration? Would it be your country? It could be your country. Could it be some? For some, it's the alma mater, or at least the football team of the college they went to. Or maybe it's a church. Could it be a church? Some people live for the church. Does it help you to realize that when Luke is writing this, finishing up writing it, and when the people are reading it for the very first time, fresh off the parchment, does it help you to realize that at that time the temple was already destroyed? When people first read Luke, the temple was already destroyed. Stones were already disaster. It is already a ruin. So for them, for the first readers, and actually for Luke as he writes it, this is not, they would not experience this as a prediction of things to come, but rather as an explanation of things that just happened, of the recent past. What beautiful things have you lost? What do we idealize in the past that we wish were there, that we thought was there, that we thought was eternal and withstand the test of times and we could put our hopes and our faith and our safety in, but it's now gone, like it would be for the people first hearing the scripture. If we can figure out what that is, we can figure out how... The original hearers, the first readers, the intended audience would take this. That's one part of it. The next part of it talks about all the attacks on Christians. Or it doesn't talk about attacks on Christians. It talks about how terrible things would come. And, and folks that have just experienced the destruction of the temple would certainly recognize this and certainly identify with it. But I want you to think about the phrasing that's used, and maybe it's not true to the test, but it certainly spoke to me very profoundly, because it talks about attacks on people because of Christ's name. Now, what if it wasn't the attacks on people bearing Christ's name, and they got attacked because of it? What if we read it another way? What if we thought that people were using Christ's name to attack others. 
What if, because of Christ's name, there was a tax taking place? That is easily read in the way, if you look at the scriptures, it says there's a tax because of Christ's name. Well, who's attacking whom? Is it the Christ's name people attacking those without Christ's name? Or is it others attaching those that had Christ's name? We always assume the latter, that we're the persecuting, the martyrs, the ones under attack. And people love to flock to this when a store says Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. And their beautiful temple is threatened with destruction. But what if it wasn't that? What if the attacks were because of Christ's name? Here's a, a little clip. If technology likes us, we will be showing a little clip of uh, from the 2003 uh, film called uh, Saved. I hope it works well. Let's see what we can do here. The, the gospel is not a weapon, or this is not a weapon. I wish they would have said the Bible's not a weapon or the gospel. Uh, that's from Saved in 2003. It seems kind of prophetic to me for today. I mean, who is suffering from the who is suffering from the Christians? Who's being attacked by the Christians? I guess I think I can find more example on that than I can exam, find examples of the horrible, awful trauma imposed upon us by seeing happy holidays of uh, some places. Uh, is it the immigrants? Do immigrants because of the the chinos? I call them chinos. Uh, you know, Christians in name only. Uh, the immigrants got bust off to Martha Vineyard, political pawns with lies, and were registered in homeless shelters throughout the nation. And they had appointments in Texas and Washington, D.C., and Georgia for Monday morning and were shipped up to Martha's Vineyard uh, for Saturday by Christians. You know, immigrants like Jesus. Is it white people or brown people? Around people like Jesus. Is it people that have nice homes or the homeless that are swept off the streets like, you know, homeless like Jesus? Didn't have a place to be born. Is it Christians that are getting attacked or, or non-Americans? You know, like Jesus. Pretty scary. But scary for different ways. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a martyr. I, I That's my spiritual gift. You know, martyrdom is a spiritual gift. I, I think it's a one-time use thing. I don't know. Uh, but I, uh, I you know, I'll, I'll suffer. Uh, and I kind of know about that and kind of being a, a pastor and a church leader. And, you know, I, I kind of understand a little bit about suffering for your faith and heard about stories and inspirations and all that, and I understand that, but suffering because of your faith and then having other people use the faith so other people suffer. I don't want to face that. I don't like that. That's, that's worse to me than the other option. The folks are being attacked because of Christians. Uh, we're going to try to share the screen now. Uh, put your, put your finger, put your... How's that? Do you see a do you see a quote up there? 
Yeah. This is Jamie Raskin. He's a, he's a Jewish and identifies as a, a humanist as well. This is from 2006. Senator, when you took your oath of office, you placed your hand on the Bible and swore to uphold the Constitution. You did not place your hand on the Constitution and swear to uphold the Bible. That should give us pause as Christians. You know, Jamie's a Jew, and according to Jews, according to their tradition, their religious, and their following of, of their faith, they are required. They are required by the religion to put the primary, to prioritize the life of the mother over the life of the fetus, of the unborn child, of the developing embryo, whatever. Uh, names you choose. They are required that when the choice comes down to it that they must prioritize the health and life of the mother. That's against the law. They can go to jail now for practicing their religion from Christians. I mean, for 50 years it was fine. I, I mean, we had a, I read Roe versus Way back, uh, back when it was passed in the 80s, studied it, um, came to terms with it. Uh, as a, uh, a way that a nation can go forward, uh, accommodating all religions and not just imposing one understanding, a very narrow understanding, an unbiblical understanding of life on everybody else. Because freedom of religion is not the freedom of other people to practice my religion. That's not freedom of religion. <laughs> When folks got so upset about this issue or that, and the Christians come after me and talk to me about, oh my gosh, it's against, against God's will that gay marriage, for example, and I tell them, you know, it's okay if you do not <coughs> participate in gay marriage. You can still keep your own marriage. You know you're allowed to do that. But somehow freedom of religion has changed to freedom for other people to practice my religion. That's not good. And people are attacked because of Jesus' name. But it's not the Jesus' name people. There's the people with Jesus' name that are attacking. Did you know that insurance companies now are allowed, according to a recent court case, not to cover preventative medicine for HIV because the company does not approve of homosexuality? And said, well, that, that helps the homosexuals not die from think, doing things I don't believe in, so I don't want to pay for the not dying medicine. I want to let them die because they don't believe the way I do. That is very troubling to me as a minister, and I'm going to trouble you with it because I'm troubled. I see that as an attack in Jesus' name on folks that are vulnerable. And I don't like it. And I'm going to preach against it. But I don't want to leave you with that. I try not to be all terrible, awful, even though I'm three hours away. If you got in the car, really mad, got in the car, start going. Uh, you cut, it'd be three hours before you got here. Uh, but there are other good things in the scripture that you might have missed as well. But let me point them out. There's, there's, there's hope in this scripture and, and endurance in this scripture and even a vice in this scripture. It's so good that the disturbing parts kind of uncover it. 
One of the advices there that is really good to me, remember I say my spiritual gift is martyrdom and I always go looking for opportunities to practice my spiritual gift, which means I'm always on the defensive, always looking for someone attacking me so I can be a martyr, so I can be defensive, and I'm not going to get into it. I pay someone to listen to me twice a month so you don't have to listen. But what it talks about there is it talks about defense. Do not prepare a defense in advance. Oh my gosh, is that a hard one for me? I'm always preparing a defense in advance. I'm ready for all your objections to the sermon. Sometime last week, I was ready in my head because I prepared defense in advance. And God said, don't do that. Don't prepare a defense in advance. Wow. Instead, it says, I will give you words and wisdom. And it's important those are both. Because wisdom, we think of wisdom as pithy sayings. We think of wisdom as, as little bon mots, little tiny little things to say that, oh my gosh, I need to put that up on a poster and put it as my desktop background or something. But that's not wisdom in the Bible. Wisdom in the Bible is so much more than words. Wisdom is a way of being in the world. Wisdom is a way of being open to others, to God, and of course to the possibility that I might actually be wrong. <laughs> Wisdom is listening to others. Wisdom is taking advice. Wisdom is listening to God, to the situation, and finding a way through it all, that mess. Wisdom is openness. Defense, on the other hand, if you're being a defense, you're going to shut down, shut out, build the gates around, build up the walls, reinforce your own beliefs, take away all the other defense, put down anybody else that did because you're defending. God said, don't do that. Consider that defense is the opposite of wisdom. If you were preparing your defense, you're going away from wisdom. If you don't allow other people in, if you do not see other folks living their lives, if you do not allow other people their pronouns, even though you don't understand it, what's the big deal? You're going, if you go in defensive about that, goes, well, I'm not doing that. You're going away from wisdom. Wisdom is openness. Wisdom is learning. Wisdom is listening to God. Wisdom is paying attention to others. Wisdom is paying attention to what God is doing in the world. Wisdom is listening to other people's stories and their faith and their understanding. That's wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. It's a way of being in the world, and it's not being defensive. If you know it all, you're not going to learn anything. I think the difference could be in the phrase of, that's different. Have you ever been told when you were talking to someone or arguing with someone, let's be honest, and you said, well, what about this? And, you know, the whatabouters. And you say, well, that's different. <laughs> well, that uh, now the, the thing between defense and wisdom is how that is used in the conversation. Is it that's different, period, end of sentence, go away, you bother me, gates are shut, the walls are up. I'm defensive. You're not going to get in here because, you know what? That's different. So that stops everything. Okay, that's defense. But, you know, it could also be the beginning of wisdom. That same phrase with different ways of saying it could be the beginning of wisdom because you can say it 
with curiosity instead of condemnation. You can say it as uh, not as a curse, but as an invitation. You could say, well, that's different. I never thought of that before. Let's talk about that. I didn't consider that point of view. There, there's wisdom. So when someone says to you, well, that's different, you can say, thanks for noticing. And continue the conversation about the differences we have in our faith, our life, our experience, and where we go and how we live together. That's different. Well, thanks for noticing. Let's talk about that. Because as we talk and we learn, and that is the beginning of wisdom. And Jesus, and the scripture says here that, and Jesus promises, is that how you will endure? Uh, and if we're thinking the way I'm thinking, that you endure the attacks of Christians, or as I call them, chinos, which are not a comfy cotton-based pant, but rather Christians in name only, what are you going to do? You can be defensive, and I want to be defensive. I mean, I got a, I got a scripture and a commentary for every scripture they got, buddy boy. They come at me with some abortion scripture. I'm going to show them numbers five. Goes well, right there. Is a looks like a prescription for abortion according to God. Right there in numbers five. Oh, you never read numbers five? I read the whole Bible. Go ahead, try me. I can do that all day long, but that's not wise. <laughs> What's wise? What's wise is to be open to other things and to live our lives according to uh, respect, admiration, admiration, and to get along with other people. To realize that our freedom of religion does not mean everybody else has to follow our religion. That's not what this America is for, not what the country is for, not what Jesus desires for us. Jesus does not desire us to attack others in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm passing this law, so you all have to be Christian. No, no. I reject that. I hope you do too. Because the more that we are defensive about our faith, the less we're going to the more we're going to retreat from wisdom. Wisdom is what's going on? What is God doing in the world? Where is God working in my life and in the lives of others? What could be the best for all the people, not just my people? It's very difficult to do, especially for me when my spiritual gift is martyrdom and I want to stop everybody from attacking me. And anyone who doesn't live like me must be attacking me, but no. Jesus says no. So, I hope you consider flipping this scripture around and not look so much at checking off, oh my gosh, here comes another attack against Christians, check mark, check mark, because you can't do that. You can be defensive. Don't do that. You're going to reduce your wisdom. Instead, flip it around and watch out how we, Christians, in Christ's name, attack others. How we turn families against one another in Jesus' name and how we prepare defenses when we should be preparing to listen and to be open to the wisdom of others. 
Friends, you will endure. There is good news in the scripture today. It's not just all about calamities and uh, disasters. And remember that even, even then, that if you remember that the temple was already destroyed when they were reading this, it wasn't so much about let's know the future and have a peek at what God's doing in the future and we can tell and we have extra special knowledge that no one else does. But rather it was, let's try to understand where we are here and now and what we're suffering here and now and what our challenges are here and now that we could be open to what God is doing in the world here and now with one another. Not gather our battlements around our beautiful temple and wonderful gifts and stones, but realizing that God is not there and that it's already gone. But what is left is not to be defensive, to be wise and listen to others and see God's work in the world and know that we will endure if we follow God instead of our own defenses. Thanks. Amen.